Running Light Ministry podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. You can support these podcasts by making a gift to the ministries at runninglight.org. Welcome to the Better Pleasure podcast. My name's Bo. I'm Peter. And we are with Running Light Ministries to talk to you guys about the Bible and issues like pornography and sexual immorality and how that relates to theology and just open up a lot of discussions. We enjoy talking about these topics, and we hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Um, we didn't get a chance to get to a question last week, so we're going to kind of jump right into the, this podcast with a question that's always really popular with wives. Um, it says, I thought maybe you guys could do a podcast on what the wife's role should be if her husband is battling, how she, she should support her husband, and where a line should be drawn, if at all. So that's her question, which is a good one, right? Yeah. What is a wife's role? This usually is what happens, right? And this will do a little role play. Like a husband's on the computer, uh, then the wife goes to it, and what does she do? She finds what? She finds his search history or, you know, she finds recent videos or maybe a tabs up or something. Yeah. And then what does she do? And then she obviously is deeply hurt by this, by seeing what happened, what her husband's been doing. Yeah. And uh, some, I've, I've had some wives just keep it to themselves, not want to deal with it and just like kind of close it out. Mm -hmm. um, some wives will go immediately to their husbands. Why do you think they do that? Uh, I think that, you know, in my in my time, I obviously can't speak for all of them, yeah. uh, but in the ones that you know I've listened to and encountered, the the reasoning is more they um, they would rather believe um, a lie than to deal with a difficult truth. So mm -hmm. they they would rather believe that they have a perfect marriage and everything's okay than to confront their husbands and deal with something that's difficult. And there's there's a couple reasons of why they would want to do that. The, the first reason that I've seen is that they they don't want to think about themselves because when the porn comes up, the immediate uh, person that they're going to blame, the, the immediate person that this, this particular type of person will blame is themselves. And they'll think, like, man, like, Maybe I'm not pretty enough for my husband. Maybe I'm not sexually active enough. And we hear that all the time. Right. I mean, that's common. It's very common. Right. Very common. You know, maybe... I don't some measure up. I don't measure up. Maybe this is just his outlet, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, I, I just... Maybe I'm just not a good enough wife. And so she doesn't want to deal with that, so she doesn't bring it up. Uh, or the second reason is that she's so um, scared of losing uh, of of damaging the marriage uh she's so frightened of of losing of being either having her husband get mad at her or leave her that she would rather just again just live in in a fairy tale than reality and um that that obviously stems from a deep amount of insecurity and and things like that you know what i find is it is hard in life to know in your heart something's wrong with you uh, and or something's wrong with your family um, or your marriage but anything your business your church 
it's really a humbling thing to sit there and go, man, something's up, mm. something's wrong. And I think sometimes life is almost like uh, preserving <laughs> that idea that everything's okay. Yeah. Um, instead of just kind of going, you know what? I know not everything's perfect in my life. And even if me and you sit there and we just went, okay, not everything's perfect in our marriage. Yeah. You know, there's things that I wish were better. Yeah. Or in my relationship, you know, for me with my kids, which yeah. are older, but my kids. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something in me that goes, there's, that goes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone would understand that to a certain extent when you're like, you know, driving in your car and you hear your motor making a funky noise, you kind of just, there's that thought in your head of just like, I need to ignore this. Like you don't want to deal with it. <laughs> like maybe I could drive it off, you know, and you, you know, something's wrong. Like, you know, something's damaged, but you just don't want to wrestle with the issue, you know? And, and yeah, that's what, that's what we're talking about here. If someone who's just like, maybe if I ignore it, it'll just go away. Yeah. And, um, that's obviously not true with anything. Yeah. So that's that's certainly one woman. Another woman though might might catch her husband watching pornography and just get really violent and just get really angry. And again, I think it stems from a heart that is very much afraid. Um you know, there is that that idea of, you know, he is uh broken trust with me. He is looking at another, and then then that fear just goes like a fire, man. Um, the lust of fear, you know what I mean? You could say, mm-hmm. just that continual fear will go, and then it then it the emotions just break forth, and and you know there's such a hurt and just you know things like that, and you know first of all, it's okay to be hurt that someone's looking at someone else you know i think i think there needs to be a a kind of a validation of that in a lot of people's you know situations yeah yeah it'd be i mean in a lot of ways i I would think it it would be really odd if you just you weren't affected emotionally at all by that it'd be it'd be a very strange thing yeah to to see that your husband's viewing pornography and hiding it from you yeah um to just look at that and be like ah eh, you know we all got our secret and it's, stuff and it's know? really funny but even in the culture you know you think i think of like pamela anderson and people like that that i remember in baywatch and stuff like that you know these people are like playboy playmate kind of sex symbols of my generation anyway and, you know, then you see them, you know, I thought it was recently she was on like Dr. Phil or something. And she's like talking about, you know, the the problem. I, I think she was talking about her own husband or, or like one of her husbands or something, but his issue with pornography. And it was almost like, I was almost <laughs> like, what? well, you know, like that, I'm shocked you were shocked. Yeah. You know, but, but we can't, I think, get away from that just as human beings when you're in when you have entered into a monogamous relationship, there is usually, whether you're a secular humanist or whether you are a religious person, there's some kind of understanding that, hey, you know, we're probably supposed to be like just looking at one another. 
Yeah, and even as it's interesting that you bring up the secular humanist because, you know, I I watch shows um, where, you know, they're not Christian by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. They are definitely not Christian programming, where you know either in a dating relationship or in a married relationship, the the spouse or the girlfriend finds a porn stash or she finds a hard drive or she finds a search history, and like in the show, usually she'll bring it up. She'll be like. You know, you do this, and and it won't lead to them breaking up or anything like that. But you could tell that there's some hurt there. And uh, I'm thinking about a particular sitcom that came out in the '90s, where you know the wife she finds that he's been watching, you know, this this tapes called uh, "Girls Gone Wild," mm. and she looks at him and she says, like, I would understand why a single person would need that, but I don't understand why you would need that, you know, because you're married to me and yeah. we have sex. And so even even in a secular uh, worldview, there's still some hurt. Now, definitely the way that she handled it would be, uh, I think a lot of Christians would look at that and say, like, no, you need to go a lot further than that. She basically just kind of says, like, you shouldn't do it, and then that's it. You know, they don't really bring it up ever again. Um, so which is it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> which is kind of a bummer. Because in both of our situations, whether the girl ignores it or whether the 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 wife, I shouldn't say girl, the wife gets mad and starts yelling at him, you know, in both situations, they're wrong and they should be able to at some point sit down and have a conversation about it. Yeah. You know, um, certainly the sitcom that you're talking about is kind of the stereotype, you right. know. Right. Right. Uh, you know, the guy gets caught. Why are you know, you you know, you're watching porn, but, you know, you have sex. And so it, it should beg the question of of why do you view porn? Because obviously it's not because of a lack of sex. Hmm. And and so that should be something that in husbands and wives, that should be kind of an awakening of like, whoa, you know, maybe we watch, maybe a lot of people watch porn, not because they actually are lacking physical sex. Hmm. You know, maybe there's other reasons yeah. that people watch pornography. Yeah. Um, you know, I would imagine that people watch sports um, and they watch a lot of it, you know, and someone wouldn't use the same logic on someone who's watching sports by going up to that person who watched sports and says, well, Hey man, don't you, aren't you already on a, on a, on a baseball team? Yeah. Like, don't you play softball or don't you play soccer? <laughs> like, why would you watch it? That it equates. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. An association fallacy that it's like the same thing. And, you know, obviously um, there are uh, husbands that we talk to who view pornography out of a sexual frustration. You know, there's something, there is something sexually not right in their marriage. Um, and so because of that, they go to pornography. And actually, you know, I think we've mentioned this before, but we've talked to men who think that actually in their minds, they see it as a incredibly loving act to view porn because they don't feel, either they feel that their wives are too sexual or they feel like, you know, their wives aren't sexual at all. And they would rather just like go, hey, you know what, I'm going to watch porn and save my wife the trouble. You know, like she obviously doesn't like it, so I'm just going to take care of myself, and that way she doesn't have to deal with it, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's just so many different angles to, it. Angles to look at. And and here's the, the real crux of the issue uh, when it comes to um, the confrontation between the, 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 the woman and the man when the wife comes and, and confronts her husband. 
uh, about it and what the, the, the role of the wife should be in the fight. Um, obviously, in, in, in the Bible, when God brings Eve to Adam, he creates Eve and he calls her the helper, the, the helper of Adam, which means that, and that, that theme is, is obviously carried throughout the Bible, that there is a, a mutual helping between husband and wife in, in, our, in each other's lives. And that goes in all aspects, not just physical, but spiritual. That my wife should be helping me in my uh, walk with the Lord. And I should be helping her in her sanctification and walk with the Lord. But when it comes to the helping between uh, us as spouses, we have to understand that there in order to really help someone there has to be an understanding you know there has to be an understanding of where that other person is at and uh what ends up happening I, a great friend of ours lisa keller mm -hmm. she calls it pain shopping um and what she means by that is when the the wife then goes to confront the husband she asks questions not to understand the husband but she asks questions that the, the only possible answer that's going to be given to her is going to end up hurting her. Um, so instead of asking a, a question to kind of understand her husband and where he's coming from, she'll ask a question like this. Like let's say the husband uh, was viewing some sort of pornography um, and she would ask a question like this. Like, um, you know, do you, uh, do you think that the, the women in these videos are more attractive than me? You know, or um, do you wish I looked like one of these women? Or do you wish that we had a sex life like this or something like that? Now, basically, any answer that is going to come from that question is going to be hurtful. <laughs> right. Right. Because let, let's say she asked that question of like, do you wish I do you wish I looked like these women? And if the husband responds, yes, that's obviously hurtful. But even if he responds, no then there's still a lot of hurt there because she would still be like, okay, so you why don't, are you doing it? Then why are you doing it? Right? So right. there's, there's no answer that's going to, it, it's not an answer that's going to lead to a mutual understanding. It's a, it's an answer that's just going to lead to pain. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, like I said, there, there are, uh, there are questions that could be asked that could lead to deeper understanding within the marriage. Um, questions that could actually help the marriage grow. Yeah, I, I do too. And it seems like like you have to stick to the word. Like if you're in a Christian relationship, you know, we have to go to passages like I think at the end of the book of James, you know, which is a great passage of scripture that gives us a really good um, instruction on what to do. And it's not this isn't talking about a husband and wife. It's just talking about life, just relational life brethren if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins it would be awesome if we could get our emotions somewhat in check enough to be able to just look at that person and go hey they need they need christ and i and my numero uno job is a helper um, as the wife is to point this person back to Christ, you know, because it's almost like it's like if you if if a wife saw her son, um, if the same scenario was the son, mm. right? 
she probably wouldn't be so fearful or so angry as if it is, you know, with the husband. Though the son might be looking at pornography too, and if he's a kid in today's world, he he might be. Yeah. Um, but it seems like it would be cool if she just could be able to go up to him and say, you know, she would go up to the son and just say, hey, son, you know, can we talk? Mm. You know, where's your relationship with God? Mm. And maybe that would be the direction she would go in. But with the husband, it's not like that. Yeah, no. And uh, the, the the reason why is like is is like we're talking about it's it would be weird to me if it wasn't taken out in a personal way, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that it, it's almost I'll put it this way it's almost impossible not to take this personally, and because of that, as much as you might want to help your husband, the Bible says this it says do not let your liberty be a cloak for vice, meaning. Uh, have a healthy understanding of where you're at as a human being. And if you know for a fact, as a certainty, I cannot take myself out of the equation in this. I cannot look at this objectively. I cannot talk about this without taking it personal and being hurt. Mm. Then you shouldn't be the person to talk about it with your husband. I mean, you shouldn't be there to counsel him. Uh, it would be okay for you to go to him and be like, look, this hurt. This has killed me. This has absolutely killed me. This yeah. has cut me up. You need to go talk to somebody about this. Uh, because I just I can't deal with it, you know. I just I can't handle it. Right. Um. That would be uh, that would be far better than pretending that you can handle it and going in and trying to then counsel your husband. And all the while, all you're really doing is cutting yourself up. And now you're just nagging him. Because here's the thing: the Bible says that the only type of sorrow that's going to cause someone to directly change for the glory of God is a godly sorrow. It's a sorrow about offending God. And if I can't take myself out of the equation and I go to my wife and try to confront her about a sin that's hurting me, I'm not going to be pointing her to a godly sorrow. I'm going to be pointing her to a sorrow about offending me. So it's kind of the, the, the kind of benchmark to for people that listen or they're going, should I confront him or should I not? Or, or what should I say to him? Is really if you're able to point him to God or if you're not. Yeah. Um, if you're able to point him to God and say, hey, you there's you, you claim to be a Christian and you, this is something about you and God. Yeah. And, you know, are you where are you at? You know, where is this at? Where are you talking to God about this? What is going on? Um, and, uh, you know, and some uh, if a husband obviously says, well, you know what? I did, you know, at one point claim to be know God and love Jesus, but I don't anymore. Well, then, you know what? Um, it's probably he's left you already in his heart. Um, that might be the situation, yeah. which is not a good one. Yeah. Um, but it might be you might have a husband that goes, you know what? I am so backslidden in my walk with God. You know, I've turned my back. I don't want to change. Or maybe I do want to change. I don't know how. Mm. Um, and at that point, probably the best advice would be, you know, there are people in our town that can that can help. There's counselors that can help. Um, you know, guys, people, men, the church, get involved with. You know, talk to your pastor. I, you know, if you could, if, if if a wife is able to point that guy in that situation in that direction, that would be great. Mm-hmm. And then for her herself to be obviously in the Word, in fellowship, 
um, you know, because she's going to have to go through, you know, what she's got to go through too, mm. you know, to stay focused on God, understanding she's complete in Christ. Yeah. Um, and to have, you know, people and I mean, I, after this, you know, I, I would always encourage um, a woman to, to get with, if not a counselor, at least another godly woman to talk to talk to about these things so that you can sort through the emotions that you're going to be going through. Yeah. And one passage that I love, it's helped me a lot as a minister and it's also, it also helps me as a husband. It's in first Samuel chapter eight, where Samuel is called by God to, to lead the people of Israel back to him as being their King. And they reject God and they say, no, we want a King. We don't want God as our King. We want a human King. And Samuel goes before God, and he's just totally bummed out, totally ashamed, feels like a complete failure as a minister. And God comes alongside Samuel and says, Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. And that's just such a great passage because our emotions, like like I said, your emotions are going to flare up, and you're going to blame yourself. And you need someone. You, you need someone. I mean, obviously talk to God about it, but you need someone that's going to help you to differentiate the areas that legitimately you need to work on before God and the areas that are the fault of your husband before God. Um, because it's, it's, it, it's too simplistic to put the blame just in one camp. Yeah. Right. There's always going to be a mutuality there. And sometimes it just, it really helps just to be able to talk to someone who's godly, someone who knows the Lord and who's walked uh, walked with him for a while, who's going to be able to help you sort through those things and be like, hey, look, there might be some stuff you need to, to, to work on. Doesn't at all excuse what your husband's done, by the way, if there is fault on your side. But at least it's about your walk with the Lord and your own purity and your own sanctification before him, which is what matters in God's glory. And then you're able to then look at and see like, hey, like these things are my husband. The only person that could have stopped my husband from doing this was my husband. You know, there, there's nothing I could have done to prevent this. And to be able to sort through those things is going to be hugely beneficial for you. Mm, yeah. Um, the role of a wife certainly needs to, there always needs to be a support of the husband. I think a wife always wants to, let the husband know one who's willing to um sorry about that noise guys that's peter putting down the trash <laughs> um but uh is a wife always needs to understand that her calling as a wife always remains the same so she's always there to support even if it's in just small tangible ways at this point because of emotionally she's so distraught you know sometimes it's just a small thing it could be something of just saying i'm praying for you you know, that just, you know, lets that man know that the wife is engaged, mm. you know, still in a supportive role, mm. you know, it's just, hey, I'm praying for you. And that might be, you know, the role that she is to be playing when he's battling. Mm. I think if a husband says to the wife, you know, hey, I'm stumbling into porn, and and this seems to be something repetitive, meaning it's something that he, he's talking to her a lot about, mm. um, the my own personal uh, thought is that the wife needs to point him to uh, the accountability that's available to him. So I think a wife at some point has to say, listen, put up a boundary and say, you know what? I am dealing with my own hurt mm. um, and there is accountability for you, mm. um, whether it's with 
areas ministries like what we have you know uh with running light with groups and just individual people you know um leaders but i'm not going to let you just every week mm. say to me you know hey by the way i you know i fell into porn because it's that's too simplistic too yeah you know, because you know what? It's not really it's not just falling into porn because porn is so vast today. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if someone says, you know, God, if, if my wife says to me, gosh, like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I looked at someone on the TV today. And, and let's face it, a lot of TV today would be kind of deemed kind of pornographic, yeah. <laughs> probably if you look at history. Yeah. You know. Um, and I saw some, you know, I saw something and I saw some guy and, and he was, he looked awesome. And I kind of, I kind of lusted about him, you know, um, you know, you just be like, oh, okay. You know, you know, thanks for sharing that, you know, but if every week she was saying that, you know what I mean to you, <laughs> yeah. you'd be kind of bummed. You'd be just kind of like, that's, that's hard. Distraught, yeah. yeah. Distraught. Like, man, okay. I, I, I understand, you know, cause we all know in our hearts and, and that, that we all struggle with lust. We all know that yeah. it's a human condition, right? The Bible makes it really plain. We're all sinners. So we all know it. And in our hearts, we all know people struggle with all kinds of different things, but we don't just, we don't just share things to hurt people. Mm. And, um, and that's why we have to have people. The Bible tells us we have uh, people in our lives, accountable people, people that are spiritual people that are in our lives to, to help us in this process. Um, you know, so it's, it's important that, that men and women are utilizing these, these different people in their lives, the right tools, the right tools, right. uh, You know, the, the passage that we're getting that from is Galatians six, verse one, where Mm -hmm. it says you who are overtaken by any sin, that you who are spiritual restore such one in a spirit of gentleness, but consider yourself lest you also be stumbled. So that means that, you know, for, for you as a wife, if the confession is going to stumble you, if it's going to make you feel like junk, if it's going to lead you to anger and intense amount of bitterness and it's not going to help your marriage, you're not the person to do that, right? The only type of person who's supposed to be able to do that is someone who's a spiritual. And B, they're able to restore that person in gentleness, meaning they're able to add, put a constructive, both criticism of saying, you know, where that person went wrong and helpful, helpful advice at that point and counsel, and also to be able to, to show them the severity in a gentle way, in a gentle manner. Mm-hmm. And really, like I said, I mean, it's, it, it would be, it would be almost impossible for me to imagine a um, a wife, especially if it was just so raw, if just like it just happened, to be able to do that for her husband in a habitual struggle with pornography. It would just be, it'd be really, really difficult for me to see any any wife to be able to do that. So don't think of yourself as weak if you're like that ain't me. Hey, that, okay, well that's not up to you for that to happen, right? Titus chapter two, the men, the older men teach the younger men. The older women teach the younger men, women. That's the way that the that, that the Bible lines it out for us to be able to grow as as Christians. Mm, yeah. So there are there are ways of supporting your husband. You know, even in in a weak emotional state. Um, but there are boundaries that need to be put up too. 
because we have seen guys that just want a carpet launch on their wife and the damage that that does too. Mm. Um, and they think they're confess. They think, Hey, I'm confessing, man. It's gotta be good. Yeah. You know, I'm getting it out. Yeah. But we know that that is, um, uh, not healthy for their marriage. Um, you know, so it's never good for a husband to, and we're using the husbands obviously with this role playing stuff. Right. The husband's the one who's in it. But, um, if the husband goes to the wife and says, Oh, you know, Hey, we're, you know, we're hanging out at magic mountain and, and I hate to tell you, but I was lusting after that girl over there. Hmm. It's like, man, that's brutal. You don't, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. that's not what being honest is all about. Yeah. You know, you have to realize in your heart, Hey, you need to talk to God about that. You go to God and say, Hey God, man, do you check my heart? Like what's going on with me right now? Mm. Like, what's the deal? You know? And then, you know, you, you call your, your accountability partner, you call, you know, your, your advocate partner, whatever you want to call them, mm. you know, and, uh, and talk to him about it yeah. and, and receive the prayer that's needed for you and the, the counsel that's needed for you. But, um, a wife certainly should have those kind of boundaries because if a husband continues to to uh, confess to you and and look to you as that accountability partner, um, no matter how much you as a wife want to do that because you think you're going to help him, um, really you're preventing him from getting the help he needs mm. with having men in his life and. And I, I think I speak to a lot of us men is it's very tough for us to have other men in our life mm. um, it, because we a lot of us just don't like accountability. It's tough, you know, to have that. So um, it's like if you ever gone to a men's ministry, um, that can be a very really challenge for for men because they go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be around other men. Yeah. And uh, that that's something that uh, puts us in a, into a state of accountability right off the bat. Yeah, it is scary. It is scary to open your life up like that. And you kind of just, you know, you kind of just want to keep it confined to, you know, you and, and your wife if that's necessary and just not let anyone else know. But that's certainly not a loving act to do to your spouse, to put that kind of burden on her shoulders. Um, and it's certainly not going to really be... Uh, seriously helpful for you as well in your own walk with Christ. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And there should, the last thing she, uh, she asked was where should a line be drawn if at all? And of course we've talked about a lot of lines, I think already about being drawn or different boundaries maybe to, to look at. And, um, but certainly so there should be a line drawn, um, you know, no doubt. Um, and some, some people's situations are far more grievous. I mean, a lot of times we, I think, talk a kind of lightly because we're usually referring to our lives in our talks here on the mm -hmm. podcast. And so, and we're, t our issues were, are, 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 I should say are mostly just very, very, um, I don't want to say light, but, but it is very, um, typical, um, kind of erotica stuff, mm. you know, um, where not everybody's in that category, in that situation where they have a husband who goes, man, uh, you know, I saw that cheerleader or something and it, it kind of made me lust and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's usually it's, it, it's something where they're, 
they've committed adultery mm. and and are you know they've sought prostitutes mm. and man dude the devastation's amazingly tough and uh, and thorough mm. you know so at that you know there there has to be lines drawn yeah and and consequences as well you know it's 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 weird we're in this postmodernistic culture that teaches us that discipline is a uh, is a negative and it's kind of anti-love, mm-hmm. you know, to discipline. Um, but the Bible sees it very differently. You go to Hebrews 12 and he says, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Man, just as a father in whom he has a son that he delights, you know. So the discipline of God is a is a positive and it's a good thing. And it's a joyful thing. And, uh, you know, it's not loving for a wife to be like, you know, my husband cheated on me, you know, a couple times, but he told me he's not going to do it again. So I'm just going to stay with him and it's okay, you know, and then he cheats on her again. He's like, well, he, he said he's sorry. So it's, it's all right, you know, or, uh, you know, he views pornography and she's like, well, you know, all guys do it and it's okay. That's, that's not a loving act because that's not spurring him on to purity and greater intimacy with God. It's okay to, to, to allow consequences to be inside of your marriage. Yeah, and sometimes... Divorce is that consequence. Yeah. And I know no one likes to say that word, divorce, but, you know, God has to do it in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. you know, with the people of Israel. Yeah, and I, I would encourage you guys listening uh, to, to read through Hosea chapter 2 and see how God views his divorce of his people. And certainly his divorce of his people is not in a vengeful, like hateful, like I'm done with you kind of deal. No. But he sees it as like, man, like you guys aren't listening. You're not getting it. And so I'm going to, it says very beautifully, he says, I will lure you into the wilderness and there I will speak comfort to you. Mm. Meaning that God's saying like, dude, this, this is going to get your attention. And then from there, I'm going to come back in and I'm going to rejoin my covenant with you later. Um, and Hosea three obviously expresses how that's going to happen through a repurchasing of Israel, um, and through a, a remarriage of her. And it's, it's not unloving for a wife to divorce her husband. If it comes to that, if, if grievous acts like physical adultery have been committed and there's an unrepentance there, there's a, there's an unwillingness to deal or to cope with the severity of the situation. And there's just kind of like, ah, you know, I'll, I'll try harder next time kind of deal. But like the Bible lays out what true godly repentance looks like in second Corinthians seven of being uh, deeply cut to your heart about offending God. And that leading to a, a diligence and a, and a drive to make things right in every single way. And uh, that's, that's another thing that's important. It's not my wife's responsibility it's not my wife's responsibility to make sure I'm repentant before God. It's my responsibility to demonstrate my repentance before my wife and God. So my wife shouldn't have to hound me. <laughs> she shouldn't have to be like, hey, did you go to the group this week? You know, like, who are you confessing to? Like, she shouldn't have to do that. I should be willing to open my life up and to show my wife, this is what I'm doing. I take this seriously and yeah. these are the steps that I'm taking. And that's and that's 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 why I wrote that that pamphlet about um I think it was called like the graces of God in re- in recovery or something like that, but it's it's uh it was about 
you know, it was really for wives to be able to look at those, I think, five things I pointed out. Like, are they seeking the glory of God? Do you hear that on their voice? Mm. You know, are they seeking accountability? Are they cutting off avenues? Are they, um, you know, are they, do they have a repented heart? Are they, meaning, is there sorrow in their heart? Do they go, man, dude, you know, do you see that contrite kind of attitude going on? Mm. And it was to be a barometer so a wife could look at it and go, yeah, you know, that he's in the ballpark. You know, because you're right. You're so right. I mean, it'd be awesome if the guy is just, um, you know, he's just doing the work. He's just in it. And that's what I want my wife to see. I just want my wife to see that I'm doing the work, Mm. you know, because she knows I'm not perfect, Mm. but she knows that I'm going, I'm doing the things that I need to be doing, Mm. you know, Um, and that kind of stuff, Mm. you know. So that is what a wife should see. Um, and if she doesn't see those things, then obviously it's certainly not that Second Corinthians 7 passage of being diligent mm. in the life change, you know, because if you're diligent in something, then it's pretty apparent, you know, that you're you're being honest with people, you know, you're saying, hey, man, you know, I messed up. You know, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, and you're cutting off those avenues. This is what I'm doing. I'm working on this. I'm doing that. I'm thinking through this. Yeah, there's none of that. Like, you know, like if if uh, if if you confront your husband, you say like, hey, you need to get help, and he's just like, why should I do that? You know, like I I got this handled. I don't really struggle too much with this. You know, it's not a big deal. Uh, if he says stuff like that, he's not in the ballpark of Second Corinthians seven. Yeah. You know, he's not there. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with consequences of saying like, hey, you know what? You need th- this is an issue in your life, and you I've been hurt. And if you're not willing to demonstrate faithfulness in these small things, I'm gonna have to, you know, either I'm gonna have to move out. Or we're going to have to do some sort of separation in the house or yeah. something like that. And that's what sucks so bad is because, you know, the wife in this scenario we're talking about, you know, the wife doesn't want those things to happen. I mean, she's so bummed, you know. She knows the effects of that on her kids and family members. And, you know, and that's the bummers is, is it, it, you know, an unrepented, unhumbled heart certainly affects so many things. Hmm. And... um you know, walking in humility is 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 where it's at, even though it's very it's 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 a challenge for us all. Mm. But it's it's the way to go, mm. you know, just in life in general, um, because when that pride, you know, comes into a heart and the Bible teaches us God resists the proud. And the reason is, is because the proud got it all together. <laughs> yeah. And they don't need. They don't God. ask for help. They don't need God. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, when when someone's prideful and says, "Hey, I got it together. I got it together," then it's tough, you know. So it's. I hopefully we answered the question okay. Yeah. And, I, I did want to add one yeah. last thing. Yeah. Uh, to to the end of that. And that would be uh, again what I would consider a very important role for the wife. Um, and that's this. When the husband, if, should I say if, not when, <laughs> if the husband does start showing repentance and does start moving in a proper way, uh, the major thing that I see in the ministry as well, and I know you've seen it quite a few times as well, Bo, is that if you're not working on forgiving your husband for what he's done, you won't see the repentance, even if it's there. Mm. And uh, 
it's it's so difficult to to talk to people about repentance especially when they've been i mean uh, about forgiveness especially when they've been they're the ones that have been wronged mm -hmm. and you have to understand uh, ephesians 4 is uh, i think my favorite passage when it comes to forgiveness because it's the one that's helped me so much as someone who has been wronged and someone who uh has held a lot of bitterness in my heart over the years ephesians 4:32. you probably sung it in Sunday school, right? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven me. And the reason why that's so important is because when God forgave me, it's not like he just kind of looked at me and said, hey, I know you did these horrible sins, but it's all right. You know, I, I just, it's okay. Don't worry about it, bro. You know, that's not what happened. God was so offended he's so holy and he's so he has so much justice towards me and wrath righteous wrath and indignation over what i've done that he had to take his only son and he had to put him on a cross and it says in isaiah 53 it pleased the father to crush the son mm. on our behalf wow. and so there's there's no way like you could look at the cross and say like yeah i think god's cool with what i did you know you look at the cross and you realize how much wrath God had for you and how much love and mercy he must have had towards you to put that on his son instead of you. And so when I'm thinking about forgiving somebody who's wronged me, God is not saying, excuse them. You know, it, what they did is not a big deal. He's saying that what they did is a big deal and it needs to be judged in a proper manner. But here's the deal. You're not a good judge. Mm. You're not a good judge. I'm not a good judge. As much as I would like to judge the people who have wronged me, I'm a pretty crappy judge. And that vengeance and that bitterness is just going to hurt me. And so God says, vengeance is mine, right? Give me that vengeance. Give me that wrath, and I'll take care of it. And um, again, as wrong as it seems for someone who is hurt, who's been hurt like this, to, to forgive, the Bible says it's for your betterment. It's not so much for your husband. It is for your husband's sake, but it's also for your sake that yeah, God asks you to do there's that. There's a personal healing involved. Yeah. And that and that healing is is you become like God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you you do. know. And uh, you know, I mean, forgiveness is such a high priority in the Christian life. Mm. I mean, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, tells us that if we don't forgive, yeah. then <laughs> we won't be forgiven. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty radical statement. It's a huge statement. Um. Yeah, and you know it is important. I think any any person that isn't in a wife situation, and in our our scenario that we painted this podcast, um, whoever the offended party is, they need to read First Peter over and over, mm. and especially First mm. Peter chapter two. Mm. You know, just that you've already alluded to the idea of committing judgment into the hands of God. Mm. You know, God is the ultimate judge, like you say, mm. like you you pointed out so clearly, and that's so true. It's it's God is the ultimate judge. He can judge my husband. That frees me to no longer judge my husband. It frees me now to learn to forgive my husband and to um, love him and what that means to love him. Um, you know, whether, you know, setting up those boundaries, that's all part of love. Mm. Um, you know, we love our kids. We set up boundaries for them. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, the marital covenant itself is a boundary. Hmm. Um, you know, so when you get married, you're already setting up boundaries. Hmm. Um, 
and no one would ever say in 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 a wedding ceremony like oh that's not loving to say vows to one another <laughs> that would be ridiculous we all know it's loving it is loving, to yeah. set up those boundaries so um but we'll we'll end our talk there on that note um i did want to let people know that um uh we do have um, some good new resources that are coming out, which is great. One of them is our new workbook. It's called the Better Pleasure Workbook, and it's about a 90-page workbook so far. We probably will add to it over the, the course, but this is uh, a lot of the teachings in here, a lot of the Bible studies, which say in this workbook, are really what me, me and Peter kind of have hammered on, I think, a lot mm-hmm. over the years in our talks. Some of the main principles that we've hammered. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, certainly some of them aren't there. I mean, I think of like doing a whole book study on Ezekiel that, you know, there's all kinds of things that we could do to put in there and do some more studies and add to it. We didn't want to make something exhaustive either, like a 300 page, <laughs> you know, something just gargantuan that it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, how am I going to get through this? This is only about 80, 90 pages long mm-hmm. and it's really not, that intense Um, they are bible studies Um, they all are about three pages each or something there's probably around 20 25 bible studies in there Um, some of them have like a lot some q a's in there for you to answer and kind of fill out other um, other is just writings uh, to help you understand certain concepts Um, but these are the big things that have helped us over the years and they continue to kind of be our rock and um, our bedrock um, things that we go to in our own life because me and Peter aren't free as some people think freedom, you know, meaning me and Peter aren't free from lust. We still have this lust that creeps up in us and there still is temptation in our lives. Mm. Um, and um, at times we have stumbled back into um, a, a self-gratification kind of way mm. Um and, uh, and that's just our own personal humble confession to you guys. So, um, so we use these principles and, and uh, they have certainly helped us come a long way um, from where we have been in the past, which we're really grateful for. But you can always get one of these um, by going to runninglight.org and you'll see on the front page there, I think it's, it's right there. You can just click it and buy it and we'll send it to you. Um, and yeah, and I think it's a good, I mean, these things are good for, gosh, small groups, just one-on-one things, uh, just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff. Next week, by the way, we have, uh, we're scheduled to have uh, David Lay on the podcast, so we're excited about that. What are you going to talk to him about, Peter? I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> just going to go. I'm just going to go. I don't know. Just going to go. We'll come up with some questions for him. It'll yeah. It'll be a good time to hang out I think with it's going to be a great talk. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be great. I don't know how many times he gets a chance to hang out with evangelical Christians. He's mm-hmm. a uh, famous, uh, pretty famous uh, psychologist out in, uh, now in in uh, uh, the United States, and he's written a few books. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them is called The Myth of Sex Addiction. Um, but we certainly uh, probably come at things from different angles, but there are probably going to be some things we agree with and some things we don't, but I think it's going to be great. Yeah, it'll be a great time. Yeah. Sure. So that'll be cool. And uh, So we'll check you guys out next week. Um, again, you can always follow us on SoundCloud and Twitter. And just look us up um, at Running Light Ministries. We'll see you.
Check out runninglight.org to begin our two video series, Take Flight and Love or Lust. You can also send us questions on Twitter at Running Light or on our runninglight.org podcast page. Like us on Facebook at Running Light Ministries, Psalm 36, 8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures.